Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, everybody, for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. I hope you guys are having as good a start to the day as Jack Eichel is when he found out he's leaving Buffalo for Las Vegas. Uh, in the Preds world, less happy. Uh, bad loss to Edmonton last night. We're going to be talking about that. Plus, superlatives for the first month of the season. Those are going to be fun to listen to. First off, introductions are in order. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at On the Forecheck, and I have a partner in crime. I am Ann Kimmel. I am also a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com. And do you think, like, Jack Eichel's agent, what reaction did he get when, like, he walked up to Jack and was like, okay, it's down to two teams, Las Vegas or Calgary, Alberta? Those those are your two possible new destinations. Yeah, I 100% think that he snorted when he said that out loud um, because you just, I mean, you know, bless. I mean, and, and look, the Flames, are they're a great team right now and all of that. But um, if you've been in Buffalo, you've glimpsed what Calgary can be like. And I don't know, is he even of age? Is Eichel 21 yet? Is Vegas? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Is Connor McDavid. Okay, okay. He looks so young. I thought, oh my gosh, he's going to get, he's going to get excited and get there and not be able to partake of any of the scenery. But, you know, go for it, Jack Eichel. You're of age, I guess. Trapped on a roof with uh, Alex Petrangelo. Yes. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, Predators hockey. Speaking of being trapped on a roof. Yeah. I guess that's a metaphor for the game last night. Uh, 5-2 loss to the Edmonton Oilers. The streak, winning streak, stops at four games. Uh, Yeah, I mean, kind of a weird game because on one hand it felt like the score made it seem more of a blowout than it actually was. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, there's definitely, yeah, I mean, it's, I have weird mixed feelings on this game. Yes, I absolutely do too. And trying to come up with a word to summarize the game felt impossible because I I was like you, I'm like, there are aspects of this game where, Oh, I can think of some words. Um, <laughs> and then there were aspects of the game where I was like, think of some words so yeah this this is a tricky game i think to sort of recap um because i have very mixed feelings about it so what word did you come up with so i had a boss years and years and years ago who anytime you would say hey good morning how are you his reply was fair to midland (laughs) and (laughs) it took me it took me years, and I'm not exaggerating, to figure out what in the world he's saying. So the phrase fair to Midland uh, apparently means, you know, kind of just, you know, average, not, you know, super great, not, you know, 
horrible. Just very Midland. And apparently it's a thing that people, a lot of people say in Western Pennsylvania. Now I grew up in Western Pennsylvania and I had never heard it, but I think it perfectly encapsulates how I felt about the game. That game was fair to Midland. Fair to Midland. Yeah. Fair to Midland. Okay. That's, that's a new one for me. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Yeah. It, it is a whole thing. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a big Simpsons fan. And mm-hmm. uh, this is a word that has come into modern pop culture canon thanks to The Simpsons. Meh. Oh yes. Um, yeah. because it was it was whatever. Like the game last night was meh. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't, you know, there's not anything that I'm going to sit here and rant about being outrageously bad. In fact, the Calgary game. Uh, I definitely could have done yes, that, but they got, they got the win. So that yes. disrupted my soapbox plans. Um, yeah, last night there wasn't like anything outrageously awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, you know, it wasn't like outrageously good either. And I do think they did a good job of containing McDavid and Dreisaitl. Because those are the two guys we talked about as being the spark plugs. And it's weird to say that because Dreisaitl wound up with three points and uh, McDavid had two points as well. Um, but that's so it, contained. Yeah. yeah but it sounds it sounds weird to be like, oh, yeah, he got three points, but they did a good job of shutting him down. Right. Um, and it's like one of those cases I said off the start. It's like if you look at the box score, um, it, it paints a different story than what you did if you watched the game. Because... Mm-hmm. Um, other than those goals, I mean, they, they they didn't really get like a ton of quality chances. I mean, you know, I remember like a point where McDavid was was skating, you know, in the ice, and you know, Drysaddle was way over there open, and you know, the Preds defense, you know, not just the blue liners, but the offense who were back checking, just did a great job of kind of swarming and closing that door. So there's a lot of things to like about last night's game. Um, they just didn't. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it didn't click for whatever reason. Yeah, this was a game um, that really displayed the hockey voodoo. You know what I mean? Where you're like, you look at 5-2 and you think, oh my gosh, dumpster fire. And it really wasn't a dumpster fire. I agree with you 100%. The game in Calgary was significantly worse. Oh, yeah. Play-wise, I mean, significantly worse um, than last night's game. But you know, it does, it's not necessarily reflected in the score. And, you know, and I agree with you too. You know, you talk about McDavid and Dreisaitl and you think, oh gosh, you know, they really did a good job managing them. They had, you know, points, three, you know, three and two points. Um, But again, you're, you're not wrong. So this is a, this is a tricky game to kind of break down and, and analyze and be able to kind of take away some very obvious, like, here are things that were, terrible and here are the things that were excellent because for the most part the predators matched up really well i felt like for 60 minutes against a team that offensively is just you know truly in a league of their own i there were so many good things um and and not a ton of you know things where you're like well crap you know what i mean they like it it just was a it was a consistently decent uh matchup but 5-2 doesn't sound like that but it really was you have to take our word for it if you didn't watch the game yeah i mean i, I think you're you're 
onto something here where you just say decent. Uh, yes. Because it's the kind of effort that, you know, obviously you don't want to lose 5-2. And there's a lot of things that need to be cleaned up. Mm-hmm. Um, offensively, it just kind of felt like they were a step behind each other all night. And I know there's some line shuffling going on due to Forsberg not being there. And um, Borvietsky wasn't 100% on the back line either. So I know there was, you know, some line shuffling and changes going on. Um, You know, when you watched them kind of make a play, they had a lot of good plays offensively that just like kind of ended with a whimper. Yeah. Like, you know, I think there was one place where there was like a three on two. um, And um, I I can't remember off the top of my head who it was right now. I think it was Johansson's line. Um, You know, Johansson made a good feed. And it was just kind of a tish behind his intended target. Yes. And kind of derailed the chance. And it's just like, you know, okay, well, either if that pass is, you know, a half foot ahead of them, that's a one timer and a, you know, very likely chance at a goal. Or, you know, hey, is the skater, was he holding up when Johansson expected him to cut a little bit harder towards the net? So it's like stuff like that where it feels like, oh, if it would have just been like a split second ask thing differently, then the Preds would have had a few more chances. At least that's what it looked like offensively to me. Um, yes. It just seemed like, and I'm sure maybe playing in a back to back might have, you know, slowed some people down too. Yeah. And that Calgary game, you know, for as rough of a game as it was to watch, I mean, it really was. Um, I felt like you could tell in not in necessarily a bad way, but I think you could tell that this was a team that was having to pull from reserves to, to keep their energy and to keep in this game. And I think they did a good job. They did not, I don't feel like the predators came into this and just looked like they limped through the game for 60 minutes by any means. But I do think there has to be an element where that Calgary game, you know, and it being, you know, a back-to-back kind of situation, I think it had to play a little bit into that along with, like you said, you know, Forsberg out of the lineup. The the passing was one of the things that jumped out to me too. They just weren't as accurate and they weren't as crisp and they weren't, you know, there were times where they sort of floated passes, you know, instead of... Um, just sort of being more on top of things like that. Well, there's more we are going to talk about from this game. Uh, The one thing that I think changed the game in favor of the Edmonton Oilers. Plus we're going to get to our off or our first month superlatives. I almost said off season because you know, that still feels like the season just started. Uh, We're going to get to our one month superlatives in a second. Uh, And also Pekka Rene's, number going up into the rafters a little bit more on that uh but first my mind is on football right now um my beloved michigan wolverines felt like they got robbed um so i'm gonna make it up for it by trying to win some money on games this weekend and i'm gonna do that by using our friends at bet online bet online has a new web interface just in time for the start of basketball season so, you know, maybe Michigan will win basketball instead of football. And in honor of that, they have more props, odds, and lines than ever before. They remain the number one spot for all the basketball, football, and hockey action this season. 
Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing online offers available for the 2021 season. Remember, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for making Lockdown Predators your first listen of the day. The Western Conference road trip is continuing. They got Vancouver tomorrow night. We'll have a preview of that tomorrow. But first, let's talk more about Predators versus Oilers. 5 2 win in favor of Edmonton. Predators win streak snaps at four. Um, and what do you think was the difference maker in this game? Uh, I think there was, like I said, I feel like the, the teams were fairly evenly matched, but I think there was a moment that sort of kind of, uh, that sort of just sealed the fate of the predators. And that was Devin Shore's third period goal, um, to make it four one, um, just, you know, five minutes or so into the third period. And I feel like that was kind of a, a backbreaker in a lot of ways. Now I will say that the predators did not let up. Um, which was nice to see because, you know, at that point, you, there have been times in the past where the Predators really have struggled uh, to stay mentally tough in situations like that, where it's kind of the the backbreaker goal. Um, but they, you know, they did. And Johansson came back with just an incredible power play goal. And they were all in, went empty net um, and and tried to really stay engaged in the game. So that was great. But I really feel like once that goal happened, it really felt like it was such an uphill climb. Um, so that's kind of the moment that I feel like sort of changed the game. And I also feel like um, the the penalty kill, you know, giving a man advantage to a team like uh, the Oilers, there's, I mean, just statistically speaking, you know, you look just at the numbers on the page and it hurts your eyes. And then you have to actually watch them execute a power play, you know? So for me, those were kind of the, that was the moment. And that was sort of the situation that I feel like was, um, kind of the big turning point for me. I am 100% with you in terms of penalties Mm, being the X factor for me. Um, you know, to your point too, also the, the Devin Shore goal, especially right after the, the dry sidle goal. Yes. And that was a killer. Um, but yeah, like the past couple of games, I think penalties have been a concern for the predators Mm -hmm. because, you know, we've talked about this the other day. It's like, you want to play with that edge, but you don't want to step over the edge. And it, it does feel like, um, you know, it, it does feel like the Predators have kind of stepped over that edge the past couple of games. We we saw a couple of calls in that Calgary game where it was just like, you know, you know why? Yes. Um, yep. And okay, people are going to disagree with this. Um, certain family members have already disagreed with this on Twitter. Um, but I think a good example of that is the Colton Sissons play. Yes. Um, you know, Colton Sissons skating to the bench, McDavid skating to his bench. Colton Sissons does run into him. Like you can't deny he runs into him. Did mm-hmm. McDavid, you know, embellish that a little bit? 
Like Jim uh, Carrey in Liar Liar, but go ahead. Probably, yeah. But if you're Colton Sissons, like, why? Like, why even, like, put yourself in that position to begin with? Yes. Like, and yes. it's like, yeah, you're, you're going to the bench. McDavid, you know, there's contact. You probably fell. But, like, if you look at the replay, like, Sissons puts the shoulder. Like, he's, like, break. Like, he's, you know, at least looked like he was attempting to make contact. Yes. So. And the- yeah, and you can't oh, take good. a penalty like that. You have to like those are the ones I get you're going to take some penalties, but those are maddening penalties. Yeah, I mean that's and it's exactly like the kind of avoidable penalties. Mm-hmm. And again, like if you're getting called for you know, you're you're going after the puck, you're trying to make a defensive play, you get your stick in there and you know, the guy happens to trip over your stick and falls, that's one thing. Right. Um but stuff like that where it's like behind the play you're, you're kind of pushing and, you know, you just kind of make an egregious thing. Like, you know, even if even if that was a dive for McDavid, like that's one of those things where it's like, OK, well, you know, why even engage him? Right. Like, yeah, I get it. It's hockey. People get bumped in hockey. But yes, yeah. it's it's little choices uh, like that, little moments like that. And that, you know, you just sort of have to step away from that you know and there were you know there are other penalties that we've had this season you know where the predators have had a delay of game penalty for the puck going over you know and it's just little things like that to clean up I agree with you there are some penalties that I can accept because they're in the play and you know I think it was Granlin maybe last night that had a tripping penalty that you know he was it, he was playing for the puck kind of physics and all that stuff. But yeah, plays like that, penalties like that really hurt this team. Um, you know, and, and, you know, yes, they get practice on the penalty kill and they're doing okay on it, but you absolutely cannot give away opportunities like that. Uh, let's talk about Matt Duchesne. Let's talk about Matt Duchesne. Uh, statistically the worst season of his career last year. This year, in 10 games played, he has nine points, four goals, and five assists. Yep. Um, and it's just as simple as Duchesne getting a chance to play with more consistent, no disrespect to other people, but better offensively skilled mm-hmm. line mates. I think that's definitely a part of it for him because he he is that. There are some players who just have kind of an elevated um, play, not necessarily, you know, I'm not talking just execution wise, but just they see the game sort of in a different speed. And I think Duchesne is playing with some people who see the game the way that he sees it. And they're kind of on the same wavelength with things like anticipation opportunity. Uh, so I think that that's it. The other thing I will say is that in training camp, Matt Duchesne came in and looked like a man possessed. Uh-huh. Uh, You know, he came in and was one of the first players that made me say, wow, what has he been doing in the offseason? Because he was physical play up against the boards, just hungry. I I don't know a, a better word to sort of describe it, but really hungry to play hockey. And um, so I don't know if how much of this is, like you said, maybe a better line fit for him. And I don't know how much of this is maybe um, just off-season work. I don't know how much of this is maybe just fresh mental 
uh, perspective for him because he has had a brutal experience so far in Nashville. Um, and he has had this talent the whole time he's been here. So I'm a huge defender of Matt Duchesne and have been from the get-go. So to see this season unfolding the way it is for him, I am very thrilled and feel completely vindicated um, for standing by my man, Matt Duchesne. <laughs> and, and Ryan Johansson, also eight points yes. in his first 10 games as well. So uh, the Predators are, are definitely getting contributions from their big guns. Yes. Um, we are going to do something here in a second. We are going to do first month superlatives. So this is like best player, best play, um, biggest surprise, stuff like that. It's super fun. A new thing we did. And I've been up all night working on mine. Yes, I've been watching actually a ton of video and it was thrilling and exciting. And I feel so ready. All right. So we're going to see how that turns out in just a second. All right. Real quick before we uh, get into our superlatives. uh, If you missed it yesterday, Pekka Rene. Uh, He talked to the media a little bit about life and uh, after his retirement, he is having the time of his life. It looks like Mm -hmm. hanging out in his, he did the interview from his old uh, childhood bedroom at his parents' house in Finland. Uh, It looked like he was happy as a clam. So good for him. Um, But of course the bigger headline for that is that Pekka is officially going to have the his number retired the first Nashville predator to have his Jersey retired by the team. Uh, that'll happen February 24th, 2022. Yes. Greatest day in the history of the world. If I'm, you know, if I'm trying to keep my enthusiasm tempered, that's what that will be. I think you have tickets to that, don't you? I have tickets to that. And if I had not already had tickets to that, I would have sold my firstborn to get tickets to that. And he would have completely understood. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hopefully he's not listening. Um, Yeah. And that's uh, two days before the stadium series too. So um, I'm sure he might be a part of those festivities as well. Um, Should be a good week for Preds fans. A lot going on that week. It's going to be great. Yes. All right. Uh, First month superlatives. So you guys probably know how this works. Um, You know, we took the games from the first month of the Predator season and kind of wanted to highlight some of the guys who we felt fit the superlatives the best. So we have um, five that we're going to get to today. We're going to go through them very quick. We got best player, uh, best moment. It could be a game, play, anything like that. Biggest surprise so far, unsung hero, and one player who we think needs to step up a little bit. And you ready? I am so ready. All right, why don't you start us off with best player? Best player. So I went back and forth on this for a while, but I finally landed on UC Saros, um, which seems like an obvious choice, but it also seems like, you know, for the most part, the right choice. UC Saros um, 
has bounced back from kind of just working out the early season kinks in some of those first couple of games. UC Saros does not seem remotely phased by the responsibility of being the starting goaltender. Of course, he um, that started last season for him, but coming in and stepping out of Pecorino's shadow, he has done that with confidence. He's seeing the puck well. He is moving efficiently in goal. Um, he's not panicked. He's not overreacting. Watching UC Saros really blossom as the guy um, outside of Pecorino's shadow has been amazing. It is a confidence booster, I think, for everybody in um, kind of in Predator's fandom too. He just seems completely comfortable and confident. So he is my pick for best player. What about you, Nick? Uh, I'm 100% with you, UC Saros, pretty much to save time. Um, We'll say everything that you just said. Um, Plus, I think he's also stolen a few games in favor of the Predators this season, Calgary being one of them. Um, So, so yeah. Um, Best moment so far, Anne? This was a tough one, too, but I am going to go with the moment where Tanner Janot showed that he could be a two-sport athlete with his T-ball bunt goal in the Minnesota game. What about you, Nick? Best moment. We did we call each other last night or something? We didn't. Um, that was mine as well. Okay. Um, yeah. and the reason was because I felt like that kind of turned the story of the Preds around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were um in that game in particular, I think locked in another tight one. Um, they were one four and one at that point. And then, you know, Jano kind of gets that goal that kind of puts the Predators ahead for good in that game. And then, um, yeah, I mean, then they rattle off another three straight wins after that. And I just think it was that seeing somebody, you know, put together like kind of like a big effort goal sort of like that, I I think kind of kicked the Preds into a different gear and that kicked them into another run. So I, I agree with you. I think that was, that was a good moment. Yeah. What was your biggest surprise so far in October, Nick? Biggest surprise so far was special teams. Oh, okay. And I mean that in a good way. Okay. Uh, because how many times over the past three years have we talked about special teams being absolutely abysmal? Yes. Um, the penalty kill this season has been phenomenal. Um, the power play, you know, they have its moments. Like, didn't look fantastic last night except for the Johansson goal. Um, but they are playing with a little bit more movement, a little more deliberation, and they're getting more goals. Like, yes. you know, the, the percentage is a lot better than it was last year. <laughs> so, you know, that's, it's a positive sign for the Preds that I think just fundamentally, um, special teams looks a little bit better this year. What's your surprise, Anne? My surprise is the balance across the lineup of veteran and youth contributions, because I feel like people went into this season, the expectation was we've seen the veterans not produce, they're not going to be able to do it Uh, here. Let's bring in the youth, the youth are going to carry the team. And I feel like it's been a great, uh, it's been a surprise and a delight to see sort of the to see the offensive and defensive weight carried across the board as well as it has been in this first month. So that's my biggest surprise. That's, that's a good one too. All right, Ann unsung hero. Oh, this for me was an easy one. And that is Mikhail Granlin. He is the man who makes everybody better. Um, 
and and he ain't too shabby himself. So Mikhail Granlin, you're you're never going to probably watch um games where he just lights up your screen necessarily. You're not going to see this big giant personality come out, but he when he is on the ice, everybody is playing better 100% for me, Mikhail Granlund. I 100% agree with you on that, but I do have a different answer. Okay. Um, that guy is Alexander Carrier. Yes. Uh, yep. he, was, he was almost my biggest surprise this season too. Not because, you know, we were like, oh, well, Carrier's not a good player or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised to see how much he has stepped up. Um, you know, I think there was kind of like a little shred of doubt after last season. It was like, oh, was this just, you know, a, a good late season run? How is he going to react to a full 82 game season? Uh, was was he going to be more of a depth guy or an actual person to build around? And he has been one of the three best Predators defenders this season. Yes. He's able to play in big minutes. It doesn't matter. He has played with both um, Roman Yossi and Matthias Ekholm this year. Um, has played different styles in on depending on which pair he's on. Very adaptable. Very able to play big minutes. So. He is my unsung hero. He's somebody that I think kind of falls down the line of people you think of when you think of the Preds, but he's becoming a very important player on this team. 100% agree. He was actually my runner up. He's had just some phenomenal play. So, yep, I feel that one. All right. Who's the player who needs to step up for you, Nick? Oh, I know. I hate this one. I know. I do too. And I really like this guy. Um, but it's to me, it's Luke Cunning. Oh, he, he did get a goal. Yes. Two nights ago. So, yeah, good for him. His first of the season. Um, and he, he had an assist last night. So he's got a little two game point streak going on. Um, but I think we were expecting a lot more of him this year, especially because he was going to get a chance on the top six. Yes. And but he he is not. I don't want to say he hasn't delivered because, you know, he, Granlund, are putting some good minutes together. Um, but, you know, he's kind of been invisible um, over the past few games. Or, yeah. or um, I should say not past few games, but over the start to the season. You know, you kind of just expected him to have more of a breakout year, kind of hit the ground running. And I think there's still time. I mean, he's playing on a great line. Um is a very versatile player. Um, so I, I would expect him to have a better second half. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, he camps out in front of the net and I feel like at some point that is going to start paying off for Cunning. Um, and yeah, I hate this one too, but, um, I'm going to have to go with, and this hurts my heart to say, but I'm going to go with Ellie Tolvanen. Um, he started strong opening goal of the season for the Nashville Predators. Um, I feel like we haven't seen him, kind of do that Tolvi time magic on the power play, maybe a little bit more hesitant to shoot. Um, and it just sort of seems like he's a little bit hesitant on the ice. I noticed it. Um, I felt like I kind of saw a couple opportunities um, where I thought, okay, there's your shot. And he opted to pass it. Now I will say that he also was injured um, in a game. And so I'm wondering how much of sort of the recent play is him kind of working right. through that and shaking that off. So I say that with grace and love, 
dear Ellie. Um, but I'm excited to see him kind of bounce back and begin producing more as we look ahead. Yeah. Luckily for them, a lot of time to turn things around, starting with tomorrow night when the Preds go to Vancouver to take on the Canucks, one of my favorite road cities in the entire NHL, just not when it comes to time zones. Um, Anne, where can the people find you online? You can find my work at onthefourcheck.com and you can find me on Twitter at K underscore mama on ice. You can find me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Check out my work at onthefourcheck.com. Also be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore predators. Uh, again, if there's any topics you want us to discuss, let us know for now though. Thank you for making lockdown predators. Your first listen of the day. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody.